Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes. And I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 17, with Tony Evans. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really excited to bring you this week's guest, Tony Evans. I connected with him through Brent Basler, who's a former guest of the show. But we're not here to talk about Brent today. Tony's our featured guest. Tony is the U.S. Director for Mission Voice Network. They are primarily a church planting ministry with indigenous missionaries in the remote villages of India. They come alongside these missionaries who are already faithfully proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, Tony, I've given a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute and tell us about yourself and your ministry? We'd like to get to know you personally. Well, first off, Brian, uh, some people may misunderstand. I'm not the Tony Evans. I'm just a Tony Evans. There's a very famous Tony Evans out of Dallas, Texas, well-known, another man of God. Glad to have his name. Um, but I don't know that how many people know about India. It is the home to 1.2 billion people. So if you take the United States, the population, times four, and put it in one-third the United States, you have India. 80% of those people live in the rural areas of India. The vast majority of those people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's one of the goals that our ministry has, is to take the gospel to these remote villages. 20% of the mission effort in India is directed toward 80% of the population, which is in these rural areas. Currently, we have about 200 and a little over 250 missionaries our missionaries there are all national Indians, and uh, they take the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to these remote villages. And so uh, many Hindus are coming to the, the kingdom of God as a result of the faithful testimony of these precious saints of Jesus there in these difficult times, greatly persecuted. Hardly a day goes by that we don't hear of our missionaries being persecuted in one form or another. Uh, most all of them have been beaten and thrown in jail, um, various kinds of persecutions they endure for the sake of the gospel. So that's that's what Mission Voice Network primarily is. It was uh, birthed through a man called, that we call Brother V, as in the letter V in Victor. And um, he had a miraculous thing happen that God did in his life when he was a teenager. 
his mother died, and her, his mother was raised from the dead. And uh, <clears throat> for us Western cultures, those are always, the miracles are always a little hard for us. We, we like to have reasons for those things. But God still is in the miracle-working business. And as a result of that, he started this ministry about, um, oh, about six, eight years ago. Uh, as a prayer ministry. He was with another large ministry for many years, and then God called him out to start this ministry. And uh, so he comes to the United States a couple of times a year, and uh, he and I travel around the U.S. sharing with God's people here in the U.S. Uh, about God's ministry there in India, what uh, God is doing there. That's great. Thanks so much for sharing that. Now that we know you a little, can you share with us maybe a scripture or a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you, and then share with us how that scripture or quote has really shaped your behavior? Well, Brian, uh, uh, scriptures verses have changed throughout my life, but I remember early on, I mean, I was raised out here in the country, in the hill country of Tennessee. I was a poor country boy, backwards in the woods, so... Uh, Barely made it through school, and uh, I remember going uh, north uh, when I graduated from, barely graduated from high school, and um, I became a Christian. I heard uh, heard the gospel when I was about 18 years old, and uh, I remember reading a verse, Proverbs 1-7, where it says, the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, and I had anything but knowledge at that time. And uh, so that struck me. That was the beginning of it. I needed it to, to get along in life. But I didn't know what fear of the Lord meant. <clears throat> and then I remember reading in Proverbs 8, 13, where it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And um, so then I learned to try to deliberately, consciously, to learn to hate evil. Not people, but evil. And... Um, You'd think that we would hate evil, but it isn't something that I don't think that just comes naturally. Hmm. And so as we learn to come alongside God and hate what he hates and loves what he loves, then um, he gave knowledge over the years. It was uh, divine impartation because it was not my doings. And so those two verses, Proverbs 1-7 and Proverbs 8.13 in my early life have meant a lot to me. Now, we know that not everybody's life is always happy and easy. In fact, we all have times of challenges and struggles. As we get started, I'd like to hear about a time in your journey when you encountered a significant challenge or a failure. Maybe a time when your back was against the wall and you needed a breakthrough. Maybe a time when you were facing an insurmountable challenge or perhaps uh, praying for somebody else. Paint us that picture of God's faithfulness. But when I look over my shoulder in my life and look at the wake of my life, Brian, I see where God has intervened many times in a divine intervention. Sometimes it's hard to see those things when we're going through it, but it's as we look over our shoulder at our life, and uh, I see many of them. <clears throat> we, um, we suffered the loss of our nine-year-old son through leukemia many years ago. That was uh, one of the low points of our life. Um, it shook the very foundations of our life at the time, and uh, but God brought us through it. You know, so many times when we go through those things that you're talking about, that poem, uh, Footprints in the Sand, come to mind, because sometimes we don't always see His faithfulness 
during those challenges, those walks in the valley. But when we look back, we see his hand in it very much. And so during those time, that particular time, he, um, he was there, encouraged us, and uh, got us through those things. And uh, I don't know if specifically how those things happen, I guess, Brian, at the time, but, but he has been faithful. He is faithful to give us the strength, to give us the hope, to give us peace when we get through the other side of these things. I guess it's through these trials, insurmountable things that he, we go through that um, we learn his faithfulness to his children. So I, I don't know, um, any, I guess I don't know any specific how to, how to say to get through those things, Brian. It's, it's just we have to know in our heart that he is faithful because the natural human mind thinks, why? Why did that happen? And we don't know why. We are finite. He is infinite. He is almighty God. And uh, we just have to rely on his, his faithfulness. We just don't know why so many times these things occur in our lives. Thank you for sharing such a, a deep uh, a story. I'm of the opinion that all things really do work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. But I also realize that sometimes just hearing that in the moment can seem really challenging. Um, it can seem almost patronizing. So I appreciate you sharing how God got you through something like that. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and move to the other end of the spectrum, because just as we all have challenges, there are also those times when we have a moment of revelation. Can you share with us a time in your journey when that happened? Maybe when the clouds parted or God just really gave you the answer to a question that you were seeking him on? Yes. Um, I was a, an entrepreneur and had a business and um, our business was problem solving. And uh, we did a lot of work, all the machines. We, we were designed and built high tech machines, for, primarily for the automotive industry automation type equipment, and we were all continually solving problems. And I remember particularly uh, a customer of ours had called me up one morning at work to come down to their place of business, which was maybe a, a half hour drive, and they had a, a serious problem. And they had this problem and had brought in outside consultants to solve this problem. And I had no idea what the problem was, but they were very desperate. For, this was a key thing to solve this for their company's survival. And I had to go down immediately, leave everything we were doing. And so on the way down there, I asked. And James, God says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of me and I will give it. But don't let him doubt. You can't doubt, it says. That's the condition. So I remember praying that when I went down. And I remember walking in this conference room, and there were probably 12 people in that room <clears throat> that were devoted to solving this problem. And I had no clue what the problem was. And they had been working on it for two or three days, Brian. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting down in the chair, and the engineer explained the problem to me. And it was just like I was uh, sitting alongside, and I heard words coming out of my mouth that was the solution to the problem. And, uh, <laughs> but I wasn't there for 10 minutes, got up and left and they, they were all in amazement. And so on the way back to my place of business, the pride in me swelled up 
boy, Tony, you're pretty smart. But then God, in his infinite patience, reminded me, Tony, you ask me for wisdom. You ask me, and I gave it to you. I guess, do you see what what we want to do? We want to claim those things Mm -hmm. so quickly that he gives us. It was him. It was absolutely him (laughs) that gave, that he answered that prayer. And I seen it very clearly. And I asked for forgiveness of trying to claim that something that I thought in my flesh, my natural thing, it was me. But it was not. It was him that gave that. And his name was glorified. And I remember calling that engineer up later and telling him, Joe was his name, because <clears throat> he was amazed. And I says, Joe, it was not me. I says, this is, and I quoted the verse in James, and it says, this was a, a divine answer of God Almighty in this thing. He was not a believer at the time. And so... Uh, uh, he's seen uh, that and other works of God and, uh, and those answers. So that's one of those moments where I really seen very clearly that answer that he gave. You know, you just touched on two things that really excited me. One of them is that, you know, for those who are called to the marketplace, sometimes we forget that God gives us those answers too. That in yes. those moments, you know, not only is it... He, God who gave us the ability to produce wealth, but it's God who gives us the ability to, to have answers. And so I thank you for sharing that. And then also, I just really appreciate you sharing the reality of how we approach these things, that I know that this applies to my life as well, that sometimes when God does something, I totally want to take credit for it. Yes. There's this desire in me for significance and for identity and for some, and and it's, I think it's that fallen nature that I'm continuing to be transformed into the, the image of Christ from that's trying to go, no, no, you want everybody to look at you. You want everybody to look at you. And so I, I, I assume that it's the same for everybody, but definitely I continually battle that going, yes, it's about God. It's about God. It's about God. And you know, that, that, that really speaks to me. Now, Tony, with that, we're going to go ahead and move to the present day. We've heard about a challenge and that amazing moment of revelation that God gave you. Now we'd like to hear what's going on in the ministry. Maybe one thing that's really exciting you right now, or maybe something that you see coming in the future. You know, uh, Brian, um, our purpose here in the U.S. is to raise financial and prayer support for the ministry there in India. And uh, it amazes me what I see being done there in India with such a small amount of financial funds. Um, But it reminds me very often of the fishes and the loaves of how God multiplied those small resources to accomplish a great thing. And uh, I see that happening in India with this ministry, how small amounts, for example, in India, $50 a month, Brian, can support a missionary family of five in food, clothing, and shelter. $50 a month here in the U.S., dribbles through our fingers, and we could not even give an account for $50 at the end of the month. And there it is life-saving, just provides the, the basic needs for life that for these missionaries. So the, the hardships that these folks endure, starvation, famine, poverty, persecution, but their devotion and love for Jesus Christ and sharing that glorious gospel that's, a, that's something that is very exciting. And so that's what's happening is just 
it's it's happening exponentially there. It's it's amazing. There are more missionaries in India at, at this point in time than ever in the history of India, and so uh, that is very exciting to see happen and to see the power of God. You know, Brian, when I first went there a number of years ago, while I was here in the U.S., I would read about the Bible in the church. But I, when I'd see it practice out, it didn't quite match what I was reading in the New Testament. When I went to India, boy, it matched. It was like stepping back in New Testament times. Here in America, because of our culture, we must use our imagination to imagine what it was like when we were Christ walked the earth in the apostles. But when you go to India, everything you read in about in the New Testament, you see and experience there in India. You see the miracles of God. You see people being delivered of demonic powers because there they worship Satan, they worship demons, they worship idols. And so it's a very common practice when you're sharing the name of Jesus in these remote villages to see people delivered of those things, to see God work miraculously (coughs) through his his precious saints. You know, the other thing that impressed me there is seeing these missionaries that although God validates these are his ambassadors by working miracles through them, they do not get caught up on the miracles or deliverance. What they're focused on is taking the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. But along the way, he validates these are my representatives by working miracles through them. But they do not get this distracted in going off into a deliverance ministry or a miracle ministry. Their ministry is sharing the gospel, and along the way, these things happen. Kind of like it did in the New Testament days when Jesus was walking through. And so those are exciting things that are happening. It is a life-changing experience for people that want to go. Uh, Two, I want to make sure that when Brother V comes to the U.S., we, we travel around and uh, speak in churches and share. If anybody listening to this broadcast would like to, Brian, they can go to our website, missionvoicenetworkministries.org, and uh, get an email or phone number or contact to have us come and uh, share this ministry at your church or a group of people and home groups or whatever. Okay, that's great. And... I appreciate you sharing with us a little bit about what life is like for the missionaries over there, and especially how easily—maybe not how easily, but how much they focus on the gospel and on God rather than on the signs and wonders and all of the things that tend to get us excited. Uh, And with that, we're going to go ahead and bring it back home just a little bit. We know that not everybody is called to vocational ministry. Our audience is made primarily up of people in the U.S. who are operating in the marketplace. They care about missions, but they don't necessarily feel called to missions. What would you say to somebody who's called to the marketplace and is wondering if what they do in business really matters in the kingdom? Yes, Brian. uh, What they do in um, the marketplace is the kingdom of God. And uh, that was my mission in the marketplace. And the, the workplace is a mission field in itself. Two things, I think, Brian. One is in our world of influence, in our workaday world, in our family, our friends, that's a mission field. And if we're really open to God, we don't have to go out there and be a Bible-thumping evangelist and preaching on the street corners, but in our place of work, 
to be an influence uh, for the kingdom there. And God will use us. We can set the example. We are the salt and the light. Uh, so we don't have to get called to that foreign missionaries. It's just like when he says there in, uh, in Acts, uh, where it says Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You may be in Jerusalem in the marketplace. You may be an entrepreneur, a, a, any, whatever your world is. So there is one aspect of the marketplace mission. The other thing is the the resources that we have, uh, we provide the logistics for these missionaries on the field. And that is in the form of the financial things, uh, the prayer support. Those are vital things uh, for the support of the ministry. So in the marketplace, that's a huge, a huge, that's, probably, that's where most of the missionaries are, really, is in the marketplace in the world today, in our, where we live. So we've got people right alongside of us and we can testify to the glorious gospel of Jesus and we can provide the resources for those that are abroad. I often compare it to like world when we were in World War II or any war, a very small percentage of the people are actually soldiers on the front line. <clears throat> they rely on their success of the people back home providing the resources for them to win that battle. So we all can't be on the front line in these remote areas of the world, but we can provide those resources that are vital. It's like I often say, you cannot pray someone into heaven, but there will be people in heaven because of prayer. Everyone must go through Jesus Christ. We cannot buy someone's way into heaven, but there will be people in heaven as a result of financial uh, gifts. And so those are vitally important, Brian, very, very important. That's an important part of the marketplace ministry. So I'm sure that there are people that are listening right now who are already supporting missionaries financially and in prayer, but they want to do more. If they really wanted to level up their game, what's one thing they could do to really encourage or support a missionary? Well, we... We normally, Brian, here in the U.S., give out of our abundance. And I would say the next step up is to give sacrificially, to give by faith. Um, that financial giving is, is, it needs to be a, a, a sacrificial giving, not out of our abundance. And that's, that's typically what we do. So to, to really kick it up some is by faith, to step up in faith and says, God, <clears throat> this is this is above and beyond. And I'm, I'm by faith giving to your ministry to, to advance your kingdom. So that's I guess that's what I would have to say about that. That's good, to transition from giving out of abundance to giving out of faith. Yes. Now, we're going to go ahead and lighten it up just a little bit for a minute, and we're going to transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Yes. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? You know, Brian, I don't... Um, I like the unknown, personally. I like that adventure. <clears throat> he says, I come that you may have life and have it more abundant. And so... I like not knowing what's around the corner. It's an adventure. Every day we get us a brand new day that we've never had before and we'll never get it again. And it will be filled with new adventures and exciting opportunities. So I, I don't know of anything I would like to know starting out. What's the best advice you've ever received? Seek first the kingdom of God. My brother told me that many years ago. Seek first the kingdom of God. 
And what's one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to the success you've seen? Um, my strength is organizational skills, uh, efficient use of resources. And um, that, that's my strong points. Do you have an internet resource that you use and could share with our listeners? Well, you know, one of the things I've just recently come across is a phone app called Bible.is. Bible.is. And it's hundreds of languages in the Bible. <clears throat> it also has the Jesus film that is broken down into 61 short versions. So you can have that on your app, app phone and you can share that with someone, the gospel, the Jesus film, various segments of it. So it's a real good um, evangelistic tool. They use it quite a bit in uh, other parts of the world where there's restricted governments on their phone. They have it on their little micro SD card. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they can share this, the Jesus film, um, personally with someone. That's, that's great. And that was Bible.is, right? Yes, Bible.is. Okay, and we'll make sure that that's all linked up in the show notes, uh, which for those who are listening will be at engagingmissions.com slash Tony Evans. Now, Tony, what's one book you'd recommend for our listeners? The one I've recently, usually I don't recommend books that much, but the one book I would highly recommend is The Insanity of God by Nick Ripkin. And uh, this book is uh, like a documentary that he has traveled throughout the world uh, speaking to Christians that live in um, persecuted environments. Probably interviewed 700 Christians of how does their faith, how are they able to exercise their faith in these areas? And uh, it's a tremendous book that gives us insight because here in the America, we are isolated from a lot of what our brothers and sisters in Christ endure for the gospel's sake elsewhere in the world. And this book gives revelation and insight to that. So I would highly recommend that book, The Insanity of God. All right. Now, Tony, we're going to go ahead and go back and go a little bit deeper again and kind of focus on your perspective and maybe some ministry advice. This is our chance to learn from your experiences. Uh, it seems like people from all over the world are moving to the U.S. right now. It's not uncommon to have a neighbor or a co-worker from a nation that used to be considered missionary territory. Do you think God's behind this, and what's your perspective on what's going on? Well, I've thought about that, Brian, because you, you gave me that question to purview, and I, I don't know if it is God behind it or not. I... I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I do believe, though, that we have those opportunities. That it's a different culture than ours, and it's that's a hard thing for a person to do. You know, we've got our paradigms, our worldview of things, and someone that comes in with a totally different culture, it's sometimes hard for us to relate to those people, and so as a result, we tend to not associate with them. Mm -hmm. But. Um, but we should. Okay. Now, what would you tell somebody who wants to advance the kingdom of God by discipling and ministering the love of Christ to a neighbor or a coworker whose heritage from it is from another culture? What's one thing they could do to just get started? Love them. You know, Brian, we in America, we usually like a step-by-step -step thing. Give me a give me a <laughs> a plan a <clears throat> how to do this. A universal thing if we truly love and that's a word in America that has really been distorted you know we we love beautiful days I love my dog I love pizza I love my wife I make love and I love God too 
And so it's a word that we've really gotten mixed up on. <clears throat> Usually, um, I don't know, love is a, a, when we when we truly love a person, we can say things that are hard to say. I guess love does what's needed rather than what's wanted to a person. A person may want something, but we need the true love is what we we deliver what is needed to them. And if we truly love a person, they will know that. They, they will sense that. Even though the words sometimes may be admonishing words, they will know that we truly love them. And that is what works. That's what ministers to people. And that's what will change lives. You, uh, you keyed in on exactly the reason why I asked this question, because I know that, and why I ask it this way, because I know that as Americans, we tend to want that step-by-step thing. Um, in fact, we want it packaged up and we'd probably want to buy it for 20 bucks. Yes. Uh, but that's why I ask for just the one thing, because sometimes all we need to do is get started and watch what God does and see what he starts yes. opening up. Now, imagine you woke up tomorrow morning. It's your first day of ministry in a brand new country where you don't know anybody yet. You still have all your experience and knowledge and your family's there with you. Your food and shelter are covered, but all you have is a laptop and $500 U.S. What do you do for the next seven days? Well, pray and fast would be, I I guess, what I would do. Because in your natural mind, you just don't know what to do. And so divine intervention has to occur at that time. And so to spend time in prayer and fasting, to seeking God, intervention, uh, his power, His glory, seeking His direction. He will bring people to you. He will open up doors that we could not imagine. <clears throat> he could cause things to happen that there's no way that a man could plan that. And so as He gives direction, we step out in faith, depending on what the circumstances were at that time and what doors opened up. Um, so prayer and fasting regardless of what our resources, be they small resources or great resources, without him, Brian, to give us direction, without him going with us, our best laid plans mean nothing. It is, it is him. It is all him. And uh, we need to spend time with him. I'm finding that more and more. I'm 69 years old. And so in my life, I find more and more I can do things, and we have resources available here that in man's mind, we could do great things. But for the eternal aspect, without his participation in this, it has no no meaning, no purpose. No. Now, Tony, we're almost done. Will you share with us one last piece of advice and the best way for someone to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Well, um, a verse in Colossians 3.12 to me really speaks. It says, And so as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. This thing of love is self-sacrifice. And that's, we need more of that. And so again, if those that are interested in see, uh, getting more on this ministry, missionvoicenetwork.org is our website. They can go on and 
uh, view that and get information to contact us in the future. And Brian, thank you so much for allowing uh, us to air this ministry to share what God is doing, his ministry in India. And uh, many, many lost people are coming to his kingdom as a result of that faithful testimony. So thank you for allowing that to share this with the people that will be listening to it. Hopefully it is an encouraging to, to God's people elsewhere here. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I, I appreciate you being here with us. And I also appreciate that there was so much scripture in what you shared. It's really evident that God has formed your life through the scriptures and, um, and those have come out when you share. So thank you. Thank you. God bless you, Brian. God bless you. That's the end of our time with Tony Evans. I'm really thankful that he was able to be with us today and share all of the wonderful things that he did. If you visit the show notes at engagingmissions.com slash Tony Evans or slash 17, you'll find links to all the resources that he mentioned along with complete show notes. You'll also find a few things that you can click on to tweet if you want to share them. I've tried to capture a few of the wonderful quotes that he shared. I don't know if you noticed, but this interview was full of scriptures. What that means to me is that Tony took the time to memorize scriptures. We know that one of the most important things we can do as believers is to hide God's word in our hearts. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle with that. That's why I'm so happy with what my friends Mike and Nacelle Preby are doing at Memory Peel. Using some really cool technology, they're putting a brand new twist on writing God's word on the doorposts of our houses or, in their case, making it so that we can put some key verses in places we'll see every day, like our mirrors. Check out what they're doing at engagingmissions.com peel, and use the promo code ENGAGE at checkout for a special discount off your very first order. That's engagingmissions.com peel. If you've been listening to the show for a while, or even if this is the first time you're with us, I'm really thankful that you're here. If you enjoyed the show, I would really appreciate it if you would stop by iTunes and give us a quick rating and review. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. And if you've never left a rating or review for anybody before, you'll find a video there that'll probably help you quite a bit. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.